The LA Clippers are the hottest team in the league. Let's just talk about it. The hottest team in the league. Nuggets couldn't beat them. Vanquished this season. Pelicans couldn't beat them. Vanquished this season. James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard in full effect. Everyone doing their thing. Rolling on all cylinders. 19 out of 24. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Hottest Team in the League Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team, every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. Went live directly following the conclusion of the Pelicans game and Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you thought of the game from the Clippers, what stood out to you. Give me all your thoughts. All your thoughts indeed. The Clippers finally beat the Pelicans. 1-10 and in our last 11 games, counting that playing game. Haven't beaten them since April of 2022 at the Staples Center. Absolutely clapped them. The birds were down for the count. Zion may have gone injured in the second half, and I hope he's okay, but that Pelicans team was not beating the Clippers on Friday night. The Clippers, crazy part is, Kawhi Leonard was 2-for-7 at halftime. James Harden and Kawhi Leonard were bricking everything in the first quarter. The first quarter, the Clippers were down by as many as 8 points. Little Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell came in and turned that around real quick. How about Russell Westbrook's energy off the bench again defensively? Immediately coming in, getting an interception on a rotation. Then a steal on a double team. How about going all the way as well? Rebounding. Doing just a little bit of everything. Norman Powell coming in and hitting shots right away. Helped us have a 10-0 run towards the end of the quarter. We were tied by... They're tied at 26 after one after being down by eight. And then we had a run at the end of the second quarter where James Harden just had complete control of the game. Complete control. Remember, Pelicans at times, they had CJ McCollum guarding James Harden because you've got your Najee Marshalls, your Trey Murphys, your Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram guarding Paul George and Kawhi. And those guys aren't all going to be in together. So they'd have C.J. McCollum sometimes guarding Harden. And he was getting everybody some really good looks at the end of that second quarter. Paul George several times for threes. Terrence Mann in the corner for three. Some easy buckets for our bigs. It started with a wide-open catch-and-shoot three of his own, James Harden, that put us up 43-36. And then after that, he had just numerous plays back-to-back where he was getting guys good shots on the pick-and-roller in transition. And what I was most impressed by was even after he had just gotten some good things in pick and roll, 
He just threw the ball to PG, seeing a mismatch, and said, you know what? Let's get Paul George hot. And he rose up right over Alvarado and scored. Paul George had 15 points in the first half. For me, he was the player of the game again. Second straight game where I say that. He was awesome, and he guarded Brandon Ingram more than anyone, it felt like. I mean, what more can you say about PG? Hitting threes off the catch, knocking down shots off the bounce, doing a little bit of everything. He didn't have any free throws, but his jumper was just on. Six for 10 from three for PG. Nine for 15 overall. So 60% from the field and 60 from three for Mr. PG-13 in 30 minutes of play. And you got Kawhi, Paul, and Harden, none of them going over 30 minutes. So that's huge. The Clippers, you know, they had this game won by the end of the third quarter. We went with bench warmers with about six minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. In the second half, Kawhi Leonard started cooking, particularly Brandon Ingram. He couldn't guard him. Brandon Ingram was held to three of nine shooting in 12 points. Zion Williamson was held to three for nine shooting in 12 points. CJ McCollum was also held to 12 points. All three of them had 12 points. They shot 36% from the field and 41% from three. That's really weird that they shot that much better from three than the field. But I'll tell you this. The Clipper defense was very good. The intensity was high. Paul George had a very good game again defensively. Since Kawhi Leonard has come back, he's been fantastic defensively. Kawhi, very solid defensively as well. The rotations and the backline protection since Kawhi has come back has been night and day. Terrence, man, now that he's starting to make his threes, I told everyone to keep the faith. I know my guy. I'm not going to say he's fully back yet. I'm going to wait till this next two games against the Lakers and the Suns, but I think he's back. New year, same old man. Same old man that we knew. Keep the faith in our guy, our homegrown guy, the curse breaker, the man for the big occasion. If you just started following this team less than a year ago on a night-to-night basis, you don't have the, I'm sorry, you just don't have the knowledge of Terrence Mann to say that he should be gone to Clipper fans. You just don't. you got to let it play out. Now, he could start bricking again. Who knows? But here's the thing. He's still going to do other things to help win. His defense has been very good lately. Clippers, the point of attack, were strong in this one. But also, let's be honest. The Pelicans, they missed a ton of easy shots. Ton, like Shots they make in their sleep. They couldn't make anything. But you know what? It was about time, right? That they played the Clippers and started missing. Because we've had a lot of off games against them. And they've had games where Jonas Valanciunas looked like Dirk Nowitzki that one night at Staples Center. I was at that game. Then there was a night where Trey Murphy hit nine threes. Now granted, he is a very good three-point shooter. But nine threes is crazy. And in this game, he was broke. I know he's been dealing with injury this year. But he had three points on one for nine shooting and one for six from three. Jose Alvarado was one for seven. I mean, they just didn't have a good shooting game. McCullum was four for 13. We locked him down, but they also just could not hit anything at all. And the Clippers, you know, the fact that we were up 56-41 at half and Kawhi hadn't even gotten going, that's when I knew, like, man, it is hard to beat us with the star power that we have. James Harden has definitely taken our offense to a new level, and Russell Westbrook's sacrifices allowed him to take that offense to a new level. And then Westbrook has just been so great as well off the bench in his role with the energy and defense that he brings. His rotations have been sharp. His help defense, that block he got on Larry Nance after Zubots blocked Zion, by the way, amazing. And let's talk about Zubots. You know, the last two games, 
We've seen Ty Lue make Zubats go out to the level of the screen. Blitz it. Sometimes hedge it. You know what that's showing me? That Zubats is evolving as a big defensively. We're trusting him in more situations to come out to the perimeter and just show. Show, hands high, don't allow an easy pass, don't uh, let someone turn the corner on you. He's doing that. And he's done it in two straight games because we didn't want Ingram to walk into jumpers. So funny, though. I'm looking at Twitter. Everyone's talking about James Harden this, Kawhi Leonard this. No one's talking about Ty Lue changing his scheme and not allowing Brandon Ingram to walk into pull-up mid-ranges. And the fact that Zubats was able to execute that scheme and show that he's not just a drop big. I haven't heard anyone tweet that or say anything about it. It's amazing being Zubats and Ty Lue. Zubats, maybe it's a little better to be Zubats than Ty Lue because they just don't get any credit when they do good things. But when they well, when they play bad or they coach poorly, they, they're the ones who want them to ship them to Siberia. No, no, no. We call it how it is here. Clippers win it by a score of 111 to 95. When I knew the game was over, it was the Pelicans kind of cut it down to about 15, 16 towards the end of that third quarter. And then Russell Westbrook had that three. And then you saw James Harden create some favorable matchups. Uh, Norman Powell had a three. But when James Harden was putting Larry Nance in the pick and roll, because remember what I mentioned last episode, Larry Nance is going to come switch. Jonas Valanciunas, by the way, we got a bunch of good looks on him in the pick and roll. He was trying to come up to the level of the screen, but I think Harden, and sometimes drop, Harden was doing a good job finding the open man in all those situations. But when they tried to switch with Nance, Harden did blow by him one time, a clean blow by in the first half, and we've seen it be better lately. And then in the second half, they tried to pre-switch it, meaning Herb Jones switched before Nance could do the switch because they knew that Harden was going to try to put him in the pick and roll. I haven't seen a guy pre-switch against a Clipper maybe ever because we haven't had a pick and roll threat like that, but it's also about who Harden's out there with. He's out there with Paul George. You can't really funnel the ball to these guys right now. They're playing too well. And Harden did a good job of still finding Paul George, who was starting to cook. Clippers win it 111-95. to They outscored the Pelicans 36-27 in the third quarter. How about 30-15 to in the second? Only 15 points for the Pels. A mixture of... Great stuff from the Clippers defensively and just bad shooting by the Pels. Clippers shot 49% from the field, 42% from three, and another strong night from the foul line with 80%. But coming up, going to be talking even more about the star power and just how effective they were for us. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the professionals for your team faster and for free. And it's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. I got a job on LinkedIn. I've never looked to hire people on LinkedIn, but I'll tell you what, it helped me get a job. So I think it'll help you hire as well. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
All you got to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by Better Help. You know, there are things in the new year you might have in your New Year's resolutions, you have your goals, but you need some guidance on how to accomplish those goals. And around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing light. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Therapy helps you find your strengths and find your inner self more so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so the Clippers winning at 111-95, breaking their losing streak to the Pels. They lost all three games last season against them and the play-in game in 2022, So, and the one this season. So a little five-game losing streak against them. How about a five-game winning streak for our LA Clippers? 19 out of the last 24 games have resulted in wins. Kawhi Leonard has won 12 straight games. 12 straight games. Pelicans, check. Miami Heat, check. Phoenix Suns, check. All three of them, Kawhi Leonard was involved in. It's amazing the level he's playing at right now on both ends of the floor. In this game, not the most crazy in-your-face game, but he started getting going in that second half. 19 points and 9 rebounds for him. 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Clippers were also fairly, eh, I was going to say they were low turnover, but they weren't. They actually had 15 turnovers. But you know what? I'm not going to even talk about this, and I really hope you guys don't say anything about this because it's not relevant. Because the Clippers were up by as many as 33 in this game. We went on a 10-1 to run to start the third quarter, and we were up by, I'm sorry, up by 31 in this game in the fourth quarter. I think it was, it may have been 101 to 70. But it could have also been 91 to 60. I think it was 101 to 70. But the you know the bench warmer unit with six minutes and 30 seconds left, they got outscored like crazy. Mason Plumley made his return in seven minutes, garbage minutes, and he was a minus 15, even though he had eight points. Bones Highland was minus 12. Brandon Boston was minus 12. Like, you gotta throw that in the trash. Kobe Brown was minus 12. The Pelicans won the fourth 27 to 19, but we were literally up by 31. In New Orleans. 31. And they were on a four-game winning streak coming into this. Like, that tells you how well the Clippers are playing right now. And I'm telling you that Kawhi didn't even play that crazy. And by the way, I'm singing James Harden's praises. Guess what his stat line was? Eight points on two for seven shooting, one for six from three, and three for three from the line. That sounds like garbage. But he had 13 assists to one turnover. 
he had a playmaking masterclass in this one. So, and, and guess what? I don't think his defense was very good in this game. He got blown by a couple of times, and, you know, they actually did try to go at him, and he wasn't very good in the uh, point of attack, but he wasn't terrible. He wasn't a liability. He held his own, and he still tried, and that's all that matters because when he's creating so much offensively, it makes up for it. It really does, especially when you're surrounded by such good defenders as well. And look, one thing I'm starting to see too, and I've mentioned this at time, but you're just starting to see more of it, this really is James Harden's best chance to win a championship because the best defenders are going to be on Kawhi and Paul. And when teams, I said one of the flaws is for the Clippers over the years, especially in fourth quarters, good teams will switch everything and make Kawhi and Paul George play one-on-one. In the past, you want to have switch everything personnel against James Harden as well because if you don't, as you're starting to see, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with James Harden and his game and you, you're a Clipper fan, what you're starting to see now is that when you play the pick and roll straight up, meaning you don't switch, Harden will get an open shot for someone or a good shot for someone, whether it be him or someone else. He just is a pick and roll god. That's what he is. The best way to guard him is when you switch everything and make him play one-on-one. He just happens to not be scoring because for whatever reason, either he's not hitting the step back or he's not getting calls or he can't get by, which was my biggest criticism of this version of him, that he can't get by guys consistently. Well, he has been getting by guys consistently. Very good defenders, not as much. But he might not even have to go against those guys for the Clippers to win a ring. That's the craziest part. And his decision-making so far has been pretty damn good. But that's what, imagine James Harden now can attack tertiary defenders. I mean, that's a luxury. That's what the Brooklyn Nets wanted and never got to see. But they didn't have a center like Zubats. They didn't have Russell Westbrook coming off the bench with Norman Powell. Like, this is a great opportunity for James Harden to win this thing. So I thought he had a really good game. Paul George, I already mentioned him. Kawhi Leonard mentioned him. Russell Westbrook, how about doing a little bit of everything? Eight points, five rebounds, two of those offensive, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. He did have four turnovers, though. Def, again, he's just got to keep that down. But three for six on the field, another very efficient game. One for three from deep, and that one was that one late in the third quarter. That was just big. Totally changed the momentum back in our favor. But, yeah, the, the big four. I mean, this Clipper team right now, again, I'm not going to throw out any crazy takes. But this is definitely one of the best stretches in Clipper history. Might be the most impressive, just given some of the teams they've played and the way that they're playing. But they just have the most star power they've ever had. It's the first super team in Clipper history. I don't understand how you can push back on that at this point. James Harden is playing like an all-star. Paul George is absolutely playing like an all-star this season. Like, even if he had a little bad stretch, do we forget the first 15-game stretch? And then Kawhi Leonard is not nothing even to say there. Like, and there's a good supporting cast around them. And Westbrook, who say James Harden can't play one game. Russell Westbrook is very capable of starting and looking fantastic like we saw in the beginning of the season. So this team is star-studded. Everyone seems to be enjoying each other. The vibes are not off. Even with James Harden, they're actually still just as good. And there's a good product on the floor right now. And it's not. it's still somehow kind of going under the radar because, you know, it's interesting. I've noticed that. Fans of other teams are mentioning the playoffs more with the Clippers now than ever before. Now, you might push back on that and say, that's not true, man. Everyone always says the Clippers are going to choke in the playoffs. I disagree. I think Laker fans always say that. But fans around the league, I've always been saying that if Kawhi is healthy, the Clippers have a shot. But I think the additions of Westbrook and now Harden 
make everyone that's skeptical of the makes people more skeptical of the Clippers to actually win the whole thing. I think people see that we're going to be a very good team in the regular season now and have accepted that. But there's even more playoff conversation about they got to show me in the playoffs because of Harden and Russ. Mainly Harden because his role is bigger. And you know what? That's pretty valid. But I want people, and I had to, you know, I had to realize this really quick because once we got Harden, I'm like, okay, now that it's happened, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. What are the pros? And I've made episodes on that. Like if you go back to that time, I made a bunch of episodes on James Harden and all that. And some takes aged terribly and some takes aged decently. And one of the things I was saying was Harden in this role, he didn't do that in Philly. He was the clear-cut second guy. As good as Maxi was, Harden was brought in to be the clear-cut second guy. In Brooklyn, he was the second-best player, but he was the third scorer. And that's what you could argue he is now. I think Paul George is the be- better player, but I know people can go back and forth with that all day. It's a 2A, 2B regardless right now. But when Paul George, let me be honest, though, as great as James Harden's playmaking is, when Paul George is defending like that, it's tough to match his impact when you don't, when you're just a decent defender. But I guess I think with Harden and Paul George, like it doesn't really matter. First of all, because they're both on the same teams and they're on our team, and it's just it's amazing that I can I can even have this conversation, right? But I think it just comes down to what you value. I think James Harden's a better floor raiser, which means like if you put minimal to mediocre talent around him, I think Harden can maybe get more out of them because he's just a, a fantastic shot creator for everybody in the half court. But as a number two guy right now, I would take Paul George. We saw James Harden as a number two guy with Embiid. With no number three, Paul George hasn't really gotten a chance to prove that. He's never gotten a chance, besides the bubble, to prove how well he can do in a playoff run with a better score than him on his own team. He's never gotten that chance. Westbrook, in 2018 and 19, I wouldn't say he was a better scorer than Paul, especially not in 2019. In Indiana, he was always the best scorer when he became a star. So now he's the second best scorer. And we haven't seen him get an opportunity since 2021. So now that he has Harden backing him up, and thats I can't believe I'm even arguing somebody's better than Paul on this team. So I just showed you the star power of the Clippers, and that can overwhelm a team like New Orleans and a lot of teams. But you know what? I'm not going to even ask anyone in the comments about Paul George and Harden, but I guarantee the stands will find a way to make it a conversation somehow. Coming up, let's just talk about some of the other guys that played in this game and just how good are we right now. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Hungry Root. If you're trying to eat healthier in 2024 like I am, for me, trying to gain weight, but if you're trying to lose weight, whatever you're trying to do, whatever your weight loss goals are or your health goals are, Hungry Root is here to rescue you from short-lived resolutions by making meal planning easy and nutritious. Hungry Root makes it easier for everyone to eat healthy. We support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, dairy-free, and Hungry Root helps you save money on groceries. It helps you reduce food waste, saves you time. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked Octon Clippers listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
Clippers win it 111-95. They move on to 22-12 and on the season. We're finally a 500 team on the road. Clippers started out 3-for-15 from deep in this game and then went 12-for-21 the rest of the way. They just caught fire in that second half from deep. Kawhi Leonard, Norm Powell. Let's talk a little bit about Norm Powell and the way he's playing. 13 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and no turnovers off the bench. He shot 5 for 13 from the field, 3 for 6 from deep in 25 minutes, and he was a game high plus 36. (laughs) Plus 36 is crazy. That just shows you how positive Norman Powell was when he was on the court. Knocking down open shots, attacking closeouts. Amir Coffey also played, and I thought his defense was really good. Four points. Three rebounds in 21 minutes of play. He was 2 for 4 from the field. Didn't make a 3. He was 0 for 2 from 3. But I love this defense. And he's just been really solid in his role since the Harden trade has allowed him to get more minutes. Daniel Tice. Very solid. It's clear now. I mean, Mason, this, there could be some more games where that go by and we say, hey, let's try them out together. But I don't think so. And I don't think the Clippers need to do that right now. They're rolling. Don't change anything. Daniel Tice. Solid in his role. Had some moments where he got scored on by Zion, but also had some moments where he was protecting the rim when Zoo was out. Two points and five boards for Tice. One for three from the field, 0 for one from three, and he was a plus 13. Zubats, man. 15 points, eight rebounds, two blocks, and two dimes. On six for seven shooting, three for four from the foul line in 23 minutes of play. Big Zoo. He's playing at such a high level. Has Harden helped him? Absolutely. But he's just been great as well. Had that left-handed punch dunk on Jonas Valanciunas in that first quarter. Just beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Then Terrence Mann. As I said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till we play the Lakers. By the way, the Lakers are in a crisis right now. This is no better time to be playing the Lakers than now. And no better time or no worse time to be playing the Clippers than now if you're the Lakers. This could be us sending Darvin Ham. To Rob Palenka's office and his job as a Lakers coach being finished. Because that's that close. The conversation is getting that loud in L.A. right now. The Clippers beat him and embarrassed him. That would be great if we just embarrassed him. We'll see, though. But, oh, man, Russell Westbrook's going to get ignorant if we do. I would love that. It's James Harden's first game against the Lakers as a Clipper. I'm not saying it's a real rivalry. I think it's a pseudo-rivalry. But as a team, that's the underdog in the, in the sense. Not, we're not underdogs going into this game. But you know what we mean. We're the Clippers. They're the Lakers. At one point, they were the best franchise ever. And we were the worst. Now we're not the worst anymore. So you are still the zero championships to 17. And every Clipper that has come in since Chris Paul. Chris Paul, he used to take those games like they were the finals. But every Clipper that's come in since then has kind of shared that mindset. And it's it's... It's not a bad thing. I don't care. If it's about winning basketball games, I'm not going to complain. Terrence Mann, I need it, though. I need another big one. He didn't have the double-digit scoring in this game, but he had eight points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, and no turnovers in 17 minutes. He was very good again. Did I miss anyone? Don't think so. Let's talk about just how good we are right now. I mean, I'm watching games around the league, and I don't say this stuff very often. You guys know I'm pretty even keel when it comes to bold takes and stuff. But we're looking like the best team in the league. Like, I think the Celtics are really good. And we they just destroyed us. But Kawhi makes all the difference. 
And I trust Kawhi Leonard more as a number one than Tatum. I love. I'm a big Tatum fan. He's my. Uh, he was born in the same year as me. Same graduating class of high school. I was a sophomore at UMass when he was a rookie, so I got to see him play a lot. Like right when he came into the league, and I saw the whole. You know the way Boston fans grew to love him. And I think he's a, an amazing player that this decade will win a championship with the Celtics. I do think he will lead them to a ring, unless the Clippers just win six rings in a or seven rings in a row to the end of the decade. <laughs> but I do. However, this year, right now, Kawhi, uh, Jason Tatum's 25. Kawhi Leonard is a seasoned vet in the twilight of his prime. And I think I'd rather have him in a, in a seven-game series as my number one. Not I think, I know. Now, the question is, if the Celtics have a better overall team? But it's no point of talking about Clippers and Celtics because we're, we have to go to the finals to play them. And there's a lot of basketball to be played before that. But there is no doubt in my mind that you look around the league the Thunder just got clapped by the Nets. The Nuggets lost to the Magic. The Clippers right now are the biggest threat to dethrone the Denver Nuggets. Minnesota, no offense if there are any Wolves fans watching, but are you serious? Like in the playoffs, Anthony Edwards is amazing. But we got Kawhi Leonard. And then their second best player is Rudy Gobert. Like I'll take James Harden over Rudy Gobert five times, five days a week, maybe no, seven days a week and twice on Sundays is the saying. I would. But I'm being serious. We really could do this. Like, this could be the year. I, I can't, I'm, like, afraid to utter the words. Like, that's how much PTSD. I'm afraid to utter the words. It would be my biggest L in the history of basketball predictions and talking hoops ever. But I'm so okay with it, of course. I'm happy to be okay with it. Ecstatic. Is this really it? Have I been blessed to be the host of this podcast, to hear that we actually, the Clippers, do the unthinkable, do what people said we never could do, win the whole thing. We got a top five shot. We got a, we got the number one guy. We just need health. Knock, knock, banging on the wood, knocking, knocking on it. Come on, guys, keep on knocking. 20, I'm sorry, 30 games. This man Kawhi's already played 30 games. Paul George has played 32 games. Harden and Russ haven't missed a game. Keep knocking. We're really good. We're really good. I'm not going to say we're going to win the chip. I'm not going to say we're going to make it to this round and this and this and that. But we're playing like the best team in the NBA right now. I don't know if there's much of an argument against it. Wow. This is crazy. And I was really talking about blowing it up. But you can, can you blame me? It looked so hopeless. I'm not saying... well. I'll say this way, right? It looked so hopeless in terms of not the team that we had. In my opinion, I know some people that are very pro-Harden trade were saying that we were hopeless regardless. But I mean hopeless in the sense that PG and Kawhi, everybody was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to go further. You know what I'm going to say? It was like an injury waiting to happen. But right now, this is looking amazing. Like the fact that they've been healthy and we were able to gain rhythm and continuity. And like the talent is just a bonus. The fact that we bring in... James Harden and Russell Westbrook to help with these kind of things. And then they start to, mainly James Harden, because Westbrook, they got hurt with James with Russell Westbrook. We bring in James Harden, and this happens to be so far the healthiest stretch you've ever had. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. And listen, I don't, for anyone that says it's because James Harden's lessening their load, I don't think they got injured because of a, le- I think, I don't think they got injured because of a high workload. Kawhi Leonard said it best. It's just been freak injuries. Like, Kawhi, like Paul landing like that against Lou Dort. Eh. But yeah, it's amazing right now what's happening. 
Clippers are playing really good basketball. James Harden is balling. Kawhi Leonard is balling. Paul George is balling. Russell Westbrook is balling in his role. Norman Powell is balling. Ivica Zubats is balling. Ty Lue's coaching his ass off. And they really come out with a seriousness every game that they just didn't have last year. It's, it, they really did learn a lesson last year, seriously. Because they were talking about seriousness in Summer League. Ty Lue was talking about that in Summer League. Which tells me that he wasn't as serious last year either. And we could all see that. There's just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. But anyway, feels like it's a clean, clean atmosphere right now. And I like it. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more LA Clipper content. Also, subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube. Leave a, notific- a five star review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show. And always give me constructive criticism because I always want to improve. Thank you so much, guys. Clippers on an absolute roll, and I'm blessed to be the host of this show with such a good team right now with so many stars that bring in so many people watching. Keep growing the show. Keep hitting the notification bell so you know when we post a video. Go Clippers, right? Lakers next. Oh, baby. I'll see you guys on Monday. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.